I'm Shelby Schlangbergen, and this is Living Over Losing, unfiltered and unrestrained. Today, it's a little different. Um, I am interviewing myself, or I guess I should just say talking to myself. Um, I wanted to share my story and kind of a little bit more background of why I am doing this podcast, why I'm doing this work, what changed me, and you know, I think it just helps to get more of a background of my story, um, since I'm always asking other people their stories. It's just fair that I share my own struggles. And I also think that when I was going through all of this, it was really helpful to hear other people's stories because it made me feel like I wasn't the only person in the world that felt like this and that there was hope. I liked seeing people that had come out of it and were on the other side and were happy. It was motivating. So this is not really edited. This is kind of just all going to be all over the place. I didn't want to write things down. I didn't want to write out a bunch of different stuff so that it would just be off the cuff and organic. Um, so first I will go through my story and then I will I have a blog post that I shared in January that kind of highlights then versus now. So I'm going to go through that, like my list of then versus now to kind of get more of an understanding of how this all has evolved. So my story, <laughs> um, I guess I should start off by saying that I have always been a very sensitive person. Um, I was a sensitive child. I have never dealt with conflict well. I have always cared about what other people thought of me. I can remember being in third grade and being scared to eat my snack at snack time because I didn't want people to judge me and think I was weird for eating whatever I was eating. And I don't really know where that comes from and I don't know why that is, but I've always had this like severe anxiety. Um, that I just didn't understand, obviously, at the time. So when I started going through puberty and going into middle school, I was very tall for my age. I grew very quickly, um, and then unfortunately didn't keep growing after that, but I grew very quickly. I was about like 5'6", five, 5'7", five, and I don't even know, maybe 5th, 6th grade. Um, so I was self-conscious about that, and I would try to like – hunched down and my parents would always yell at me for having bad posture because I felt weird that I was taller than the boys and you know that's never a good thing according to society so I was self-conscious about that um, I was also self-conscious because with my rapid growth I also was very thin and it's funny because my whole eating disorder was trying to be thin but at this time in my life in middle school I was actually told by some classmates and some boys oh, you're, you're really pretty, but you're too skinny. So we don't like you. We think you're too skinny. Um, and my friends would say the same thing too. Like you're too skinny. And it's funny because I wasn't even trying to be at this time. I really just, you know, I didn't think about that. Um, but I did. Now I was aware of my body. I was like, okay, I'm too skinny. People don't like me. I have to change it. So I remember I would, I started eating a lot and I have like vivid memories of me being like, oh, I look too skinny today. I have to go home and eat a ton. And that's just like so bizarre and so twisted from, you know, like everything else that evolved later. But that is how I started becoming aware of my body. So that's when I was like 13, 14. So fast forward into later years into high school. You keep growing, obviously, you know, puberty keeps happening. 
um, I ended up gaining a lot of weight because I was just, I had no cares in the world, was eating so much. And it was kind of like a funny joke that everyone was like, oh, haha, Shelby eats nonstop. She's always eating, like, ha ha ha. And it was okay because I was so thin. But then once I wasn't so thin anymore, it kind of became like, oh, Shelby eats a lot, you know? And that's just so messed up. It just shows how how messed up our society is. But anyways, so I was I was never I was never big. I want to say that. Like I have a thin body, thin privilege, and I am not I totally don't want to group myself with um with anyone else because I don't want I know that it, you know, it it could be much harder. Um, but for me, I don't want to to make it seem like it wasn't hard, even though I have a thin frame, um, because it really didn't affect my, it really didn't matter because mentally in my head, it was never good enough, no matter what it was. So I don't want to discredit my struggle either or anyone else's. Um, so anyways, I was just a little bit, I think it was just the big drastic change from being so super skinny to not anymore. Um, and people noticed and people made comments and I didn't really know what to think. I, I mean, I kind of, I remember asking my mom, like, what should I do? I'm, my pant size is going up and, that, um, you know, asking her questions. And she was just kind of like, well, just, you know, she would say stuff like stop drinking soda or you know, stop eating so much, um, which was confusing at the time. Um, but she meant well. So I guess a couple years went on like that. And I just kind of didn't really think about it that much. Um, not to the point of like doing anything drastic, but I was still super anxious, um, about other things. I would say I've had anxiety most of my life. Um, even though in high school it wasn't being treated, I didn't know, I didn't classify it as anxiety, but I definitely had anxiety towards other things. So fast forward to my senior year of high school. My senior year of high school, I'm not exactly sure. I remember my friend, one of my friends asked me to go to the gym with her. Um, and I was like, the gym? No, I don't go to the gym. <laughs> I don't do that. But I ended up going with her. And I remember I could only do the elliptical for five minutes because it was so hard and I was so out of shape. I had been doing cheerleading, but it wasn't early enough to get my like physical stamina and my, um, like my muscle. I mean, well, I don't know. It wasn't enough to be quote unquote in shape. So I was like, wow. And I kind of set goals for myself because I was like, wow, I can only do five minutes. You know, she plays soccer. She can do 20 minutes. I want to do that. I want to get better. Um, I've also always had like a really perfect perfectionist personality where everything I do, I want to be the best at. Um, so I kind of took the gym and made it that. So of course I started off super slow. Um, and it was probably actually really healthy for me to be going to the gym and exercising for 30 minutes. And, you know, that, that wasn't a bad thing. And I'm not saying that going to the gym is a bad thing. It's definitely not. What happened, though, was that since I had never really put myself through this type of change, and because um, also with the gym, I started changing what I was eating. Um, I don't want to say, like, exactly what I was eating, but it was a lot less and in the beginning, it made me lose weight really fast. So I ended up losing all of the weight that I had gained in the beginning of high school. Now, 
people are really commenting me and saying like, how do you get your body? How do you do that? And so I thought, oh, well, this is what I've always wanted. I've always wanted everyone to want to be me or look up to me, or I've always wanted this validation. And now I have it. Like, I can't let this go. It was so terrifying for me. My worst fear was going back to my body before and my body before wasn't bad, but that was my worst fear. So as with anything, it became much, much more intense um, because I was super scared of, like I said, gaining weight back. So instead of just going to the gym for 30 minutes a day, maybe four times a week, I was going way more than that um, to keep the weight off. And in the beginning, I kept losing and losing weight um, until I got to a point where obviously I couldn't lose any more weight. And, but I didn't, I didn't think that in my mind. I thought that I always could have smaller legs. I could have smaller arms. I could be smaller. This girl's smaller than me. I could be like her. And it was just a really bad place. And it spiraled into this really dark place in my mind where I thought I had to be absolutely perfect. And I was 18. I was going into college. And I went to Worcester Polytechnic Institute in Worcester, Mass. I was going for engineering and biology. And that's actually really funny because I am much more of like an artistic type of brain and where I'm good at writing and speaking and acting and I'm not good at science and math. And I thought that engineering would just magically work for me. And I wanted that because my parents had told me that that was like the best option. I'll get a really good job. So, and I had no clue what I wanted to do. So I was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to go there. Well, the combination of totally feeling out of place with taking all of my anxiety and having no idea what I wanted to do out on my body was a recipe for disaster. And 100,000% it got really bad my first year of college. And I think anyone that knew me first year of college knows that there was a problem. I mean, I was depressed. I was miserable. I was, I wouldn't go to class. I would only go to the gym. I would be eating nothing during the day. And then at night I would be stealing my roommate's food and just going on these crazy binges. There was a gas station down the road. I would go and buy all this stuff and eat it. And I would feel so guilty. But the reason I was doing it was because obviously my body was freaking out. It needed food. It needed to survive. And it was in a really bad place. Um, so that continued for probably like the entire year. And with that, of course, I had no energy. I didn't want to do anything. I didn't have any interest in having friends. I mean, I was friends with my roommates, um, but not really. I went home every weekend. I was upset. I didn't know what was wrong with me. Of course, I didn't attribute it to the way that I was treating myself. I thought I had a, some kind of disease. Um, I was convinced that I had some kind of disease and that's why I felt like this. So I guess without going into too much detail with that, my summer, the summer of my first year of college. So after my first year of college, I started getting very sick. Um, in the sense that it was hard for me to lay down and stand up. It was hard for me to walk around the mall. I felt like I was super dizzy all the time. I felt like I was going to pass out. I was starving. And I went to the doctor. 
I told him all of this. Um, and he said, you know, I don't think anything's wrong. And I was like, no, something's wrong. Like, I'm t- I promise you something's wrong. I, this is not normal. And so he was like, well, your weight has dropped, you know, since the past couple of years. Do you think that could have something to do with it? And it was like right then at that moment, it clicked that I finally had someone else validating the fact that that's what was wrong with me. Cause I think I always deep down knew that's what was wrong and what was causing all the problems. But when someone else said it, it was like almost like a relief because I could admit it. And I was like, yeah, maybe that's why. Um, so I don't know. From that point on, I never went to counseling. I never went to therapy. So I know people always say that eating disorders are so much more than just wanting to be thin. They always have some underlying issues, um, some psychological things that are, that are wrong. And I definitely agree with that. But obviously at the age of 19, 20, I didn't see that. And nobody in my family had ever experienced anything like this before. So they didn't really know what to do. Um, so I kind of just began refeeding myself and gaining weight back to a healthy level. And I transferred schools um, and I did get back to being relatively healthy for sure. Um, I started at a new school. I had my friends from high school there. I had some new friends. It was positive. I was majoring in nutrition, which um, of course I was obsessed with nutrition because of the eating disorder, but it was something that I could actually do and enjoy rather than the science and engineering stuff that I had been doing and I was just failing miserably at. So I started getting better grades and having more fun and doing more stuff. So that was definitely positive. I would say my second year to my last year of college was relatively quote unquote normal. Like I said, I had never figured out the underlying issues of why that happened to me in the first place. So I still had a lot of anxiety, whether it was about my body, which sometimes it was sometimes a lot of times it was about school, friendships, relationships, it was kind of still um, an emotional mess. But I had it under control where I could still function normally and go to class, take my tests, study, have friends. And it was pretty good. So I graduated and I ended up moving. I wanted, thought I wanted to go to medical school. So I had done pre-med and undergrad, which was very hard for me because like I said, math and science, not my thing. Um, so I started after college, I started interning in a hospital and I had moved to Maryland at this time because that's where my boyfriend lived. Um, he's now my husband, but at the time he was my boyfriend. I moved there to be with him. I started working in a hospital cause that's what he was doing. Cause he was going to medical school and I was miserable. I didn't like it. I was depressed. Uh, again, I didn't. I just didn't like what I was doing and I was so frustrated and so annoyed and so scared because I had no idea what I wanted to do. So I had a million breakdowns about that um, all the time, just having no clue what to do. I mean, I'm 22. Of course, I don't know what I want to do. Um, but at the time when you're 22, you think I need to have my life together right now. It needs to be perfect. Um, so I was very distraught because I had no idea where I was going, where I wanted to go, where I wanted to be. I had no idea. So I knew I didn't want to go to medical school anymore. Um, so I kind of gave that up. 
I started working as a recruiter. I started working on the side um, as a recruiter part-time and it was easy because I could work remotely. It was nice. So that kind of had me like financially stable, but I still wasn't fulfilled emotionally and mentally. So I still was like struggling with that. Um, so my husband now did end up getting into medical school. We moved again to rural, rural Virginia, which was a change for me. And it was, I wasn't too pumped about moving there to be honest. Um, so I still was working remotely. Didn't really know what I wanted to do was just, I guess I had all of this. I didn't feel like I had a purpose. And I remember saying that a lot. Like, I feel like I have no purpose. I need a purpose. And of course, nobody can give me a purpose. I have to find that myself. So, but I just didn't know how. Um, so of course, the eating disorder habits started coming back. It was different than the first time. And I think this time it was more masked because I think the first time through college, it was very, like very, you could easily see that I had a serious problem. But I think the second time, it was not as easy to see that it was a serious problem. It almost was glorified because I was quote unquote so healthy. Um, but really what I was doing was restricting my food and only eating the perfect diet because if I have the perfect body, then my life will be perfect and I don't have to worry about what I'm gonna do because my life will just be perfect. Which of course isn't true, but that's what I thought. So I would restrict my food, I would go on a million different diets, vegan, paleo, count my macros, um, no red meat, no processed foods. I, I really did everything. And I was getting back into the cycle that I had been before of binging at night. And that was because I just wasn't, I was restricting way too much during the day. wasn't eating the right foods in the right amount during the day. I was also exercising a ridiculous amount especially because I didn't know what I wanted to do. I kind of started to view myself as like this athlete, this like professional athlete. And I started training like one, which is crazy because I really wasn't and I wasn't getting anything out of it. It's not like I was, you know, going to the Olympics. I really was just doing it for no reason. But the reason to me was, this is how I'm going to be happy. This gives me validation. This gives me something. And, you know, I, so then I became like the fit girl. Um, and I had... I started my Instagram, Shelb Fit, which has now evolved into Shelby, but it used to be Shelb Fit, and I started posting there, and I got positive feedback there, like, oh, your abs are so great, and your, your body looks so good, and it's funny because those affirmations and those, like, positive comments that I got from people all the time were, you'd think that it would help me feel better about myself, but it didn't. If anything, it made it harder because I was like, oh my gosh, people think I'm really great. I ha I can't, you know, I have to be like this forever. I can't change anything. And the way that I was in that sort of body type and in that cycle is just was not plausible to be doing forever. It wasn't realistic. It wasn't healthy. And there's no way that I could have survived like that forever. But that was the most important thing to me because that was my identity. Like that's what I was. And that's what I had. And that was me. Um, and if that went away, then I would have nothing is what I thought. So that went on for probably, probably like three years. It was very exhausting. And then when I think about it now, I think that like 
those were kind of a waste of time, a waste of years that I could have been doing so much, so much more than just exercising all day long and restricting my food and binging and then doing the next, doing it again. But I have to say that I am really happy that it happened again because I was able to heal through it fully this time and figure out more about myself and know myself on a much better level than I think I would have if I hadn't ever dealt with this. My breaking point was last summer. Um, I was living in Florida and I was by myself. My husband was doing his studying for the boards. I was with my dog by myself in Florida for a couple months. And again, I really had nothing to do except for my remoting rec- remote recruiting work. So I, <laughs> I started exercising a ton all day. I started restricting my food. I started counting out my macros, weighing my food, obsessed, 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 being in a restaurant, typing in my food into my app, um, not going to a restaurant because I didn't have these certain things at night. Um, I didn't have these certain things left. Like I didn't have so many calories left, but that always backfired because even though I would follow this quote unquote perfect plan, it never, I never could do it because I would always sabotage myself um, and eat and binge and eat the things that I wasn't supposed to eat. And then I would feel terrible about myself the next day, of course. So I would be like, all right, well today I'm going to do well today. I'm going to do perfect today. I'm going to do this and I'm not going to mess up. And then I would end up just doing the same thing. And it was this ongoing cycle. And I actually gained weight during this period of time. I was at like the heaviest I've ever been. And I am thankful for that because I think that was a really big wake up call to me that I am literally killing myself, going to the gym, doing this X times a day, eating this X, like X times, you know, X amount of calories, not having fun, not having a social life. I am isolating myself. I am by myself. I have no one else and I'm gaining weight. Like, you know, that was so eye opening to me that it was like, why am I doing this to myself? This is obviously not working. And so I knew that something had to change. And I also want to make a side note too, that during these past, the period of time from after college until my quote unquote breaking point, I had started modeling and I had started doing a lot of fitness modeling and nobody ever, none of my agents, none, no photographers I ever worked with. Nobody ever told me, Oh, you would be better if you lost weight. Oh, you would look better if you lost weight. But I kind of used it as an excuse as like, well, I'm a fitness model. So that's, this is my job. My job is to exercise X amount of hours and I have to live up to the standard. I can't be eating pizza and burgers because I'm a fitness model. And people look at me and think, oh my gosh, she's so, she has it all together. And it's funny because that's what my Instagram was, but it was like the total opposite. I had nothing together. Um, so I just want to make that a side note because I had thought when I started going through recovery that I would have to give up modeling, but I really didn't. Um, I actually find it to be much more, just much much more passionate about it now because I don't constantly judge myself the entire time or compare myself with someone else. I just feel better in my own skin. So I think that really radiates with people more than you feeling self-conscious about yourself. Anyways, so I knew something had to change and I 
was just, I had no idea what to do because once you've been doing this for so long to yourself, the hardest thing, and seriously, this is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life is to change that pathway. You have convinced yourself of these rules and our culture is constantly giving us these messages that we have to be thin. We have to be on a diet. We have to be healthy. We have to exercise as many times a day. We have to do this. We have to do this. And once those are your rules that you truly believe like a religion, it is so hard to change those rules and it doesn't happen right away. Like 100%, I don't want anyone to think that you can decide, okay, I've had enough of this. I'm changing. It takes months. It takes years. It takes your whole life to constantly be growing from that. Um, so anyways, this is kind of a, a good story too, because I had no idea what I, you know, I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to fix this. So I was really upset and I went to the doctor and I said, I need help. I, you know, I was like, I have an eating disorder and all this stuff. And I told them everything that I had been doing and everything. And they kind of looked at me like I was insane and they were like, no, no, you're, you're fine. And I was like, no, I'm not fine. Like I am so miserable. I am depressed. I feel like a worthless human. I am not fine. And they were like, no, but you're a normal weight, so you're fine. And that is so frustrating. And that is so frustrating for people that want to recover because eating disorders look differently on everyone. And there's so many different types and anything that's controlling your life and making you feel terrible about yourself is a problem. So that was so frustrating to be told, no, you're fine. Um, I just, I knew I wasn't fine. <laughs> And I had knew that something had to change. So that was really hard for me. That was a really hard doctor's visit. I was really frustrated. So I decided to take matters into my own hands. Um, and I found a therapist that was very good. And she had kind of similar background to me, which was really helpful. Um, and I just started seeing her. And it was, the beginning was hard. And, you know, but it was very helpful to just talk and get things out there that I didn't even think about myself. Um, that I just didn't let myself think, I guess. So that was super helpful. Also, I started scaling down my exercise a lot and that was really hard. I remember I would have to lay on my floor sometimes and just look up at my ceiling and just like sit on my hands and not let myself go on a, whatever mile run because it was so hard because I was so scared of what was going to happen if I didn't do that because I had been doing that for so long that I just thought my whole entire world was going to flip upside down and everything was going to totally just crumble underneath me and of course that didn't happen the total opposite happened but when you're going through that time period it is so hard so it's really important to have someone that you can talk to during that time because you have to have support and you have to just believe in yourself that it will get better because I promise you, I promise you if I can do it and give up my identity to what I, you know, I thought that was my identity. That's all I was ever going to be, but it's not. And I promise you that anyone can do it. Like you can, it just, it takes so much work, but you become so much of a stronger person when you, when you go through it um, and when you come out of it. So I scaled back my exercise and then it becomes more normal. That's the thing too, is like you can change your pathways and you can change your beliefs 
just like when I was younger, I didn't exercise. I didn't go to the gym. I couldn't even do the elliptical for five minutes. So I changed my whole thought process to, I have to go for this amount of hours. I have to do this amount of miles. I have to do this amount of thing. And that became my new belief. But just like that became your new belief, you can go back or you can start a new belief that I don't have to do that. I can do exercise that I enjoy. I can do yoga. That's enough. I can walk in like with my dog. I can do, find something that I enjoy doing outside. I don't have to be so extreme to the point of hurting myself every single day because I am literally pushing myself to the limit. So you can retrain your brain, but you just have to be willing to do it. And every single time that I would not listen to the voice in my head telling me, no, don't go do yoga. You need to go run a marathon. I would say no, no, no. And I would do it. And then the next day it just became easier because you realize that, oh, nothing happened. Nothing, nothing terrible happened to me when I did that. It becomes so much easier. Even today, like today I woke up and I had signed up for a boxing class. Um, and I was like, oh, you know, I really, I just really don't feel like going. So I was like, I'm just going to do yoga in my apartment by myself. And of course, at first I was like, no, Shelby, like, don't make excuses. Go to, go to boxing. Um, but after I did it, I just felt so much better. And it becomes so clear that you, it's just so important to listen to yourself because you're always right. Your intuition, your body, if it's trying to tell you something, it is always right. And it's always for a reason. And we try to outsmart ourselves, I think, with our heads and our brains and try to tell ourselves, no, no, you're wrong. <laughs> like, shut up, body. You don't know what you're saying. But that's just, it's, you'll never get anywhere with that because your body needs what it needs. And it's, event, it's somehow going to find what it needs. Um, it might not be that week. It might not be that month. But somehow, it, it's just always trying to, to be stable. I mean, remember homeostasis from like seventh grade? That is a real thing, which is crazy. Who knew? Um, but it is. So it's, it's impossible to beat yourself. Um, you won't. <laughs> and you have to realize that and just be okay with it because most of the reason that we're all so obsessed with this is because we do identify with it. It becomes sort of like an obsession and addiction and it it is a way to get external validation and to feel good about yourself. But the thing is, is it actually makes you feel terrible about yourself because if you're only looking for outside sources of validation and you don't have any validation yourself for yourself, you'll never get the right amount from the outside. Like there would be tons of times where I would get a really cool modeling job or something. And I would think, Oh, if I could just get this one modeling job, I would be happy. The rest of my life would be great. And then I would get it. And it was like, I didn't even care because during it, I was like, okay, well, what am I going to do now? That's better. Always better. Never enough. It was terrible. It was exhausting and it was impossible, impossible to be happy like that. So unless you're happy with yourself on the inside, no matter what you're doing, no matter if you're walking around your house cleaning, or if you're on the beach playing volleyball, I don't know, whatever. If you don't have the same like value inside, it sounds really weird, I know, but if you don't, then you're just never going to find enough outside to be happy. It's just, I promise, like I tried everything. Um, yeah, so I guess it kind of just went from there. Um, started started bringing back in foods that I hadn't eaten in a long time or that I didn't let myself eat outside of binging. 
and just kind of like normalized it. Um, for a long time, I didn't eat red meat. I started eating red meat. I didn't die. It was good. I actually liked it. Um, so yeah. And I don't want it to sound like it's an overnight process, like I said, because it's not, and it's still, still hard sometimes. Um, but the more that you just do it and you just tell yourself like, this is worth it. I am worth it. That's all it takes to build a new pattern and to build new habits. So really quickly, I did write a blog post. I just kind of want to go through this really quickly to kind of give like more of an idea of then and now. And it's kind of really random. I wrote this, I wrote this like a couple months ago, but it kind of gives a perspective of how things can change. And like I said before, that was really helpful for me to hear other people saying how they could change was really helpful because I didn't think that it was possible for me to change. I thought I would be that one person that never could get through it. And I thought I would always be anxious and how can I give up my identity? How can I completely change? I can't, you know, I didn't think I could, I didn't think it was possible. So for me to say that and to say it is possible, I hope that helps someone else. Um, okay. So I will read my list of then, and then I'll just talk about it a little bit. So I wrote in my journal, then, no red meat, no processed food, no sugary desserts, no alcohol, no going out, isolation, rules, strict guilt, hatred, never enough, numb, confused, exhausted, compulsive exercise, panic attacks. I didn't want to do anything around the house. I only really thought about myself. Um, lazy, no friends, don't get dressed, don't wear makeup, messy, hungry, weak, sad, alone, worthless, autopilot. Okay, so that's really depressing. Um, I'm actually like a really pretty seemingly happy person, um, but that is how I felt. And on the outside, I looked like I had it all. I had this rockin' bod and I was posing on the beach and everyone was like, oh, I want to be her. She's so great. And to me, that was like the only thing that kept me going was other people saying that. But I didn't think about myself. I didn't think about myself for a second. So it didn't matter what anyone else said. And that's also like kind of selfish to need other people to tell you that you're good enough. I mean, that's, it sounds very almost like egotistic, but that's, it was coming from such a place of like desperate need. Um, but yeah, basically that, that list, I mean, I wish I could explain the feelings that I had. I can't explain them, but if you, if you've ever been through it, you know how it feels to just feel like you're different than everyone else because other people can do this. Other people can exercise for a healthy amount a week. Other people can eat a cheeseburger on the weekends with their family, but I can't, I can't do that. I'm not normal. Um, you know, what's wrong with me and there's nothing wrong with you. It's, it's really sad how we can treat ourselves like that and think that about ourselves um, and isolate ourselves and just be so alone because A, you're scared to go out and be around people that are doing these things that might trigger you into doing these things like eating a cheeseburger or you know letting your guard down and having a drink. Um, and B, you're just so unhappy. And you try to be happy, like you think, okay, you know, maybe I am unhappy right now, but I'm, I'm going to go to the gym tomorrow and I'm going to really follow my diet plan this week. And then next week I will feel so much better about myself. My life will be perfect because I did it perfectly. But that's not what 
is going to make you happy. That's not the underlying problem, whether it's things in your past that you never got over, whether it's anxiety, whether it's depression, whatever it is, it's, this is just a vessel to take it out on. It's really like an addiction. I would put it with other addictions. I've never had any other addictions, but drug use, alcohol, they're all an escape. They're all a way to forget about what's actually wrong and not think about what's actually wrong. Um, and sometimes you don't even know what's wrong. I didn't know what was wrong and I still couldn't pinpoint something that was wrong. But when I started letting myself feel again and just kind of like come back to reality, I did a lot. I, I thought of a lot of things from the past that hadn't been resolved that I kind of just had to let go or talk about, talk through and just let them go and let them, let it be at peace. And like I said, my anxiety, my whole life, I had to learn how to cope with that, which I did through other ways. Um, and most of it was just being kind to myself and letting myself and listening to myself, listening to my body, which I had never done in my entire life. Um, so the thing that I wrote now is cheeseburgers, pizza, vegetables, fun, friends, drinks, ambition, energetic, feisty, full, happy, motivated, exercise at balance, understanding of self, dramatic, exploring, loving, weird, funny, get dressed up, makeup, shopping, TV, relaxing, feeling at ease, spiritual, moody, yoga, walking, and nature. So that's kind of a confusing list. And um, of course, I can't put into words exactly the feeling that I have that's different. But I just, the way to put it best is at ease. I feel like things are easy again and I can breathe. And I was convinced that life just sucked. <laughs> like, this is how I feel and this is how I'm always going to feel. And I'm always going to be exhausted and tired and not have any energy. I'm not going to be able to enjoy things. And that's just not true at all. Um, I definitely found like a connection to walking outside, like I said before, with nature that I never had before. Yoga has transformed for me. It used to be like this boring, awful thing that I used to do. And now it's become like really really it puts me at ease puts me in a, in a good place um which it didn't before and all of these things there's not one thing that really cured me or led me to the other it was really just being open and listening to myself listening to my body for the first time what does it need what do i want do I want to sleep right now? Okay, I'm going to sleep. I'm not going to judge myself about it. Do I want to eat a muffin for breakfast today? Okay, I'm going to eat a muffin for breakfast. And as you just keep doing this over and over and over, and even if it seems like it's so wrong, it just, everything eventually falls into place because you give yourself time, you give yourself energy, you give yourself love, and you can find the things that you actually enjoy. And it's, it's kind of it's really hard. I mean, I'm not going to lie. And it's really, really, you're really anxious about it because you have no idea what's going to happen. But I have never heard anyone say that they went through this process and that they wish they could go back to where they were before. I have never heard anyone say that because once you're on the other side of it, you see how much better things can be. And 
you just learn about yourself. Like it's almost kind of exciting because you get to figure out all these things like, Oh, what do I actually like? You know, what, what do I, who am I? What do I actually want? And I had no idea what I was. I was kind of just a compilation of what I thought people wanted me to be. And that obviously never brought me happiness. So what brings you happiness is just being authentic and being authentic isn't easy. So, but listening to yourself and doing things that you know are good for you is so helpful. Um, so there's like a million billion other things I can say about this. And basically that's what the whole podcast is about. Um, I do, I started this podcast because like I said, podcasts were very healing to me. Um, some things that helped me besides yoga and just listening to myself were podcasts and listening to other people. Um, books. There was a lot of books that I read that I really, really helped to just connect with other people that were going through the same thing. Kind of gives you like a guide and to let you know, like I said, you're not alone. Um, but I started this podcast because it's so important to me that we all take back our identities and just kind of like give a big F you to, to the diet scene um, because it's just making money off of our unhappiness and it's really sad and it's really hard to see that when you're in the midst of it. But I just know that there's so many amazing people out there that, that just deserve so much more than trying to fix their bodies. So that's really why I started this podcast and to talk to other people that feel the same way professionals that can give advice um, and just hear their stories. It's really interesting. So that is, even though that seemed long, <laughs> this is the short version of my story. Um, you can contact me at any time and ask me questions. My Instagram handle is at Shelby with three underscores. My email address is Shelby, S-H-E-L-B-Y-E, last name Schlang, S-C-H-L-A-N-G-E at gmail.com. I do have a website where you can see my old blog posts, um, livingoverlosing.com. And of course this podcast. And I recently have discovered Reiki, which is weird. And it sounds like spiritually and woo woo and weird. I know, but it is amazing. <laughs> and I'm going to be interviewing someone I think next week about that. Um, so stay tuned for that. Cause it's really interesting. And just enjoy the journey. You know, I think when I was going through this, I judged myself and I was like, oh, I'm not doing this right. Oh, it's never going to work. Oh, I'm never going to be 100%. You know, because you're just so used to like judging yourself. Um, but that's not, that's not true. You know, everything, it, it is okay. And it's not, there's going to be days where they're bad, terrible days. And there's going to be days where they're amazing. And just keep going for those amazing days because there eventually will be more and more of them and less terrible days. And just enjoy the journey. Like I said, like, it's kind of exciting finding out about yourself and letting go of this and just kind of going against the grain. It can be really, really cool. And it's really cool to watch. So like I said, you can contact me at any time and I will be back next week with another interview. Just kind of wanted to do this this week to get it out there. I hope that I don't look like a freak for talking about myself for so long, but I think it's important so that you know why I'm doing this in the first place. And I just want to say that if you are feeling terrible, that I promise there's more for you. And I promise that it will get better. So don't give up. I'll see you next week.